0: c <laughs> c
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Tabletop Radio Hour, your podcast for everything tabletop. My name's Zach, and this week I'm joined by the regular crew. I'm joined by Mark and Logan. Mark, how are you today?
2: I'm doing okay. How are you doing, Logan?
0: I am tired, but doing well. Zach, sure. how's it going?
1: Also fairly tired, but yes, doing well as well here. Uh, but today we're joined by two special guests. Uh, we're We're joined by Robert and David from... Uh, from over at Pinebox Entertainment. How are you guys doing today?
3: Good,
4: thanks for having us.
3: Yes, uh, I'm doing great, thanks. Awesome.
1: Uh, real quick, just for uh, for everybody out there, go ahead and uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you guys do over at Pinebox.
3: Go ahead, Lab.
4: Sure, so I'm uh, CEO uh, for Pinebox Entertainment we started in continuing the Doomtown card game uh, based on the Deadlands IP. Um, I was community manager, and we, when we started the There Comes a Reckoning Kickstarter to continue the game, and we kept it going, just finished the Weird West Edition Kickstarter. The pledge manager is still up for that. And then from there, we're on to our next card game, which is bringing back 7th C in that form uh, in City of Five sales.
3: And my name is Rob. Uh, I'm working with Pinebox Entertainment as a developer and designer, one of them, on the 7C of 5 sales card game. Nice. Wonderful. Cool. Yeah,
1: we, we met you gentlemen, Mark and I met you gentlemen, at Chaosium Con. You guys were doing a little demo of the game.
2: Yeah. Yes.
1: How long have you been working on this specific game? <laughs>
3: Uh, so, so By I joined. Version
4: the of the game, you can. There's a couple different answers for that.
1: <laughs> hey, we've got a gentleman We've got time. Feel free to <laughs> tell some stories. About
2: it.
4: Yeah, I mean, I could tell you the story how it incepted, and then it got to to Croy's involvement, and I can let him take over from there if that Please works. Do. Okay, so basically. Um, we, this kind of started, the whole idea of this started back in Origins, I want to say 2018 maybe, we had gotten a prototype for the the Doomtown Kickstarter, and we were just talking about, you know, if we were going to keep going to conventions and doing things to support the game, we'd have to start making other games, uh, you can't just do one one niche game to support it. So we had a couple ideas, um, and it just ran into, hey, you know, kind of our mentality on Doomtown, the worst they can say is no. So hmm. we went up to Catalyst asked ask them about Battletech. Um, that didn't come to fruition, but we went to, you know, one of the games we're still working on is the My Little Demon game. We went to Heather Kreider about her stuffed animals. How come there's no game for this? That kind of thing. So we had been talking about 7C, why, you know, wick does this relaunch does this two million dollar kickstarter how come no one's like following up with a card game and then there was very much confusion on well who actually has those rights right is that aeg is that john wick then it goes to the sale to chaosium so we just at pax unplugged in 2019 um had just gone up to Rick of chaos and was just like hey can someone clarify this for us and he's like me I own it I own all of it and I'm like cool you want to do a card game he's like sure show me in a gamma so and so case lopez on design he had had the original inception for this game um, which he wanted to be Deadlands Noir, since we were already working with Pinnacle, but they had already had a card game coming for that. So, you know, he was talking about how it could be 7C, how we could work that. So at Gamma, we have this meeting with Rick. It goes pretty well. You know, they're interested. Um, again, Wick is still delivering the final stages of that original Kickstarter, so they're kind of waiting to do all that, you know, while they make plans for other things. So they were all on board for this. So, We got the licensing agreement, uh, went from there, and then pandemic hits, right? Because this was March 2020. So now we're stuck in this situation of, you know, how do we test this game? And we kind of had that with Doomtown, too, except we already had some online platforms in place for that, and a lot of the playtesters were already familiar with that. So that was a little easier when we were doing the weird West Edition stuff, which kind of went simultaneous with the 7C. So when I would check in on what was going on with seven C and how they were doing it with uh, tabletop simulator, we were finding a lot of issues with this initial premise. Um, just that it hadn't gotten to a point where we were really happy with what was going on. So Croy had joined, uh, design at the same time. We also got Chris Medico who had been involved with the original legend of five rings at the end. Um, onyx edition which never came to fruition if people would have seen that was was mostly his design and then um case kyanaga who was on magic the gathering and the transformers card game uh, he came on as well so now we've got a whole team to kind of you know write this ship and get it to you know where do we want to get this to a game that people are happy with that really feels like 7c for the fans uh, and Croy had a really good idea for this swashbuckling mechanic. So I will let him go and from here to, uh, talk
3: about the experience mm. after that. Yeah. So around, I think it was like November, October, I joined playtest or design. I forget which, uh, black Friday of 2020. So, mm. that uh, was the design. game design got. It. So I was, I was in a couple weeks before that and I was playtesting what existed, uh, already. And uh, I had noted several things that should probably change in some way. And then they asked me if I'd like to join Design. Uh, Lap did. It was, actually, it was actually kind of a harrowing drive, because he called me while I was driving, and I was trying to go to Whataburger, because I'm in Texas, and it's just I tried to talk to him. Dark roads were awful. It was great. Finally uh, <laughs> getting onto Design, though. Uh, but then I joined Design, hmm. and I had uh, some ideas to help fix several of the uh, things that I I I'd identified as issues, and one of them was in the original the original design of the game had um, combat that was very typical of many card games especially things like magic where it's just like we have some values and we do uh, reciprocal damage to each other and then just next step um, it works it's just it, it's not very evocative uh, so when I one of the first things that I did when I, when I joined design was like I, I need I feel like I need to Overhaul of this whole combat system uh, and do something much more evocative of Swashbuck 7C. That's where our uh, riposte, parry, thrust, and threat system came from. Nice.
1: Yeah, so explain, So Mark and I have played, but explain that combat system just a little bit for like okay. the micro version of, of those rules, if you For would.
3: sure. <laughs>
2: hmm
3: mm-hmm. yeah so i send three tokens at you we call them threat because if you don't do anything with them they'll turn into wounds and when your character has too many wounds they die pretty simple so i send let's say three threat at your character and then you play a card and your card every card in your deck on the bottom left hand side has what we call RPT, and it stands for Repost, Parry, Thrust. So I send three at you, and then you play a card with one Repost, one Parry, and one Thrust. So this is the part that might be hard to hear, but try to follow <laughs> along. You've got three, you always do them in order every time. So first you Repost, which is you reflect one of those three back at me. Now I have one and you have two. Now you do the Parry. You have a Parry of one, so you remove one of yours. Now I have one, and you have one. Now you thrust. So you get a brand new threat and add it to me. Now I have two, and you have one. Now we resolve all the threat. The two is coming back to me, and because you didn't do anything with the one that you still have there, you take it as a wound. And now that I have threat coming at me, I get to play a card. And this continues until there's no threat. Interesting.
1: And it, it, it plays a nice back and forth yeah. in combat. And yeah, it definitely. keeps that nice, light, quick feeling that you feel with 7th C combat.
4: I mm. think when people see it visually, like I said, when Croy first came up with it, I was like, I have no idea what you just said. You need to show me <laughs> so we, like, we, like, we jumped in Tabletop Simulator and I was like, okay, once you actually visually see it, it makes a lot more sense, and it's something we're definitely going to focus on with the rule book having visuals and learn to play videos and things like that.
3: I actually, like, yeah, I love it because when I when I do demos with people, because uh, I do, uh, I a lot of my work is tangential and related to, like, education. So when I uh, do demos with people, I explain it, but I, I make them physically move the thread because then by them actually doing it, it just clicks so much faster.
2: Yeah makes sense that is true
0: all right so i am an outsider i do not get to be at the con and get to experience this game in person i'm visualizing a little bit but uh we've got a different combat system what are some other differences from other ccgs do you have like a mana point you know uh ability play sort of uh, mechanic or are there other things that you do that are different that make it distinctive
3: so i think the rpt is definitely the thing that is the most We Mm -hmm. do lots of other things. Uh, For example, we use Renown, which are essentially victory points, and lots of games use that. But I'm not sure I know of many card games use victory points. Um,
0: No, I've seen that more in a tabletop battle sort of situation, mm -hmm. not so often in card games.
3: Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I like to tell people the game really makes a lot more sense if you think of it as a card game board game hybrid. Because Mm -hmm. the main conceit of the game is you are trying to take control of the city of five sails which has three primary locations. You add more locations in multiplayer, but in a normal game, there's only three. So you're trying to take control of locations. These locations have renown on them, which are the victory points. So you're trying to jockey for position inside the town, taking control of various locations to uh, obtain those victory points. Uh, And... You do that primarily by using a stat on your characters called influence, or you're trying to fight them and kill them so they have less influence. That's the dueling. So that way you can take the full
0: Okay.
1: It the, almost kind of plays out uh, similarly to how resource management games kind of go, but then you add that kind of co- that combat and that person first person aspect.
4: Yeah, so, if I can yeah. I can probably name some stuff that people are familiar with. Card games might get. The movement's very similar to Doomtown. The resource mechanic of discarding cards to pay for cards is something you'll see in Marvel Champions or Flesh and Blood. Um, the controlling of a location also a little similar to Doomtown to an extent. Um, you will. Anybody who's played Game of Thrones will recognize our scheme system hmm. as very similar to the plots or agendas they had, in that every turn you get to play one. And that influences some things that happen. Um, so you will be able to draw comparisons for players that are familiar. And then for players that aren't, I always encourage to view it as a board game. Mm-hmm.
3: not made by any player it's actually influenced by the story so Mm. this is a deck that is going to change as players and communities make decisions and affect the story and then we shuffle that deck at the beginning of the game and then each day we add them into the locations
0: that's cool and the only
4: other game like that right now is Vampire Rivals also does a city deck but it
0: functions very differently
3: ours Mm. is very connected to an ongoing story yeah, which is I, mean. the it, feeling it, I
0: got from Rivals was is more like a um like just a not not like an element of chaos, but like things that adjust everybody else, you know, as opposed to connecting yeah. to the line.
1: Yeah, and I love throwing that storytelling aspect into a
0: card game. It's yes. really neat.
2: Very true. Well,
0: that pulls it back to the original, you know, role play game, which is a story, mm-hmm. right? <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> kind of uh,
1: taking taking that from logan there what are your guys experience with seventh c so
4: i played i don't think i or if i can't remember playing first edition i know when i worked at a game store we had a game going on as far as the original ccg i had a a undead deck at one point i've only played a couple games with and then second edition we played a whole campaign with my group. So I am familiar with it, but we've got, uh, I call them lore masters. We've got more people that are (laughs) involved that are consultation uh, Mm. when design is making the cards to say, Hey, you know, where does this fit in? What are good names? Things like that.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, my roommate has played a lot of first edition and has uh, many of the second edition things um Mm. i personally have not played it yet which is very frustrating (laughs) right however
1: you've come um, to the right
3: place oh very (laughs) (laughs) cool. however what's been really useful and really lovely is going through the books and finding inspiration on cards and then double checking it with our lord masters and being like "Is this is the right yeah Because, because even even having not played it i understood many i understand many of the concepts of like it's about the characters And it's about the uh, Shake's Fist proper high drama. Uh, (laughs) And those are the those are the feelings that I wanted to uh, manifest when you're playing the game. Mm
4: -hmm. Yeah. And something that I want to point out in case you get uh, anybody that's fans of the original CCG listening, um, because we are already prepared for this. We've already Mm -hmm. gotten this question on why are we not using ships? (laughs) And if anybody, you guys play 7C and know, if you look in the rule book, there's like not even maybe four pages on ships. Yeah. Like Mm. that's not the focus of the game. The original CCG had that focus and we're not going that route. We wanted to tie more into the feeling of the role playing game and making it about... Swashbuckling and characters, because there are a lot of good pirate games out there and ship games mm-hmm. like the original Seven Seas. We wanted to do mm-hmm. something that was more akin to the role playing game.
0: i us say you you've clearly looked at the old game, so I was curious how much you uh, you took from the old game. Not saying like you took direct mechanics, but more inspiration or um...
4: yeah. There's it's not a whole lot. There's some things you know. We we told people in this initial article that it was going to have that feeling of the old game. And there's a little bit like that with the back and forth, but that's when everyone reacted was like, well, if you don't have ships, how is it anything similar? Um, Mm. But you'll still find, I think that those players will still find things um, that they'll enjoy about it. Um, Also just to throw it out there for promotional purposes. If anybody is going, if anybody is going to Gen Con, that is a fan of the original game, we're having a retro event Saturday night where you get to play the original game. Ooh, Even nice. if you don't still have your cards, we're going to have decks on hand and proxies, and the winner is going to be able to bring back a card uh, for Ooh. that we're going to use in five sales. 19. So we didn't think there was going to be a whole lot of um, participation for that, so we only asked for 16 slots. They already sold out, so now we're at 32. So if those, so- <laughs> if those- if those sell out, we're going to go to 54 because that's what we have for the five sales event.
1: Very cool, that's great. You know? Big turnout, then, yeah, that's yeah, nice. That's awesome,
4: yeah, it's pretty cool for a dead game to to get all those guys together. So, I yeah. think it'll be mm-hmm. a cool, like, community revival. Um, as well as a uh, hey, guys, like, I know we're not bringing back your game, but mm-hmm. you should check this out,
3: yeah. yeah exactly. It was really cool. It uh, packs unplugged and back in December, uh, a lot of the old. Uh, first game, first seven C players were. I did a special demo for them and like showed. showed yeah, they they grilled me worse <laughs> than Chaosium did. To be honest, and it was, oh, it was really interesting. They covet their game, and I'm glad that they do.
0: <laughs> uh yes, us nerds, we are passionate. <laughs> yeah,
1: <absolutely. laughs> yeah, and like you said, it's kind of gonna bring that older community kind of to mm-hmm. meet people that they didn't know were in that community, maybe. And then, you know, they can play that game together again. That's a cool thing.
2: So how much how has your uh, working relationship with Chaosium been during this process? Uh, I mean, we saw little glimpses of it even at the convention. But uh, um, how has that been? uh, How has that been going along as you've proceeded?
4: Oh, they're cool as hell. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. like you no know, we we determined that early on right like we have a really great relationship with pinnacle with doomtown my wife is their customer service manager now so like <laughs> you know we love clint jody shane all of them right so we have a good relationship there and we decided that you know, for a brand new company, obviously getting licenses is good because now we have existing IPs that we can, when we go to do our own, it's like, oh, these guys did this with this group. You know, now we'll yeah. have some established fans. You know, that's the idea behind it. So we want to work with companies that are cool to work with. So when we first met with Chaosium, they were pretty chill and laid back. We got to know a little more of them, so that was a big part of us wanting to go to Chaosium Con. Mm-hmm. Um, like at Genghis Con, we got to meet Jeff Richard. He was all on board. He loved that we were doing the Swashbuckling stuff. Like he hadn't even seen any of it yet. Uh, and then after meeting you guys, we when we did Chupacabra Con, we spent a ton of time with Wick out there because he oh, yeah. like he wasn't oh, yeah, really yeah. he wasn't able to be as available at Chaosium Con. So we got to talk to him then and got. A lot of his feedback on how like this feels like seventh C, you know what he thought on the aesthetics, like feedback we hadn't been able to. You can get one on one with somebody, right. uh, and it's great that they're taking the time to do that. Even at PAX Unplugged, you know, they, Rick and uh, Mark sat with sat with us and was like, or Matt, sorry, sat with us, and you know they went to our laughter party thing and for two hours sat with Croy to go over it all.
3: Yeah, like, I didn't know that that was going to happen. Uh, yeah, this is this was was like the first conve- this is the first convention that I that I had been to to try to show off the game. Mm. It was packed and plugged in December, and I'm just like doing my demo. I don't know, uh, I don't know if anybody remembers it, but I just had like a little podium in one of our playmats, <laughs> and I just stood in the corner of our little section, and I'm dressed as a pirate, and I'm just <laughs> and, I, and I'm just barking out to the crowd at large, doing demos between two and twenty two people at a time. Wow. Uh, and then at the end of the day, we go, Lap is like, all right, Croy, we're, uh, we're going out to eat. So we go to this place and uh, this, this bar, they have a, a section in the back, which is really, really dark. And it's what I needed at the time. And it's been so loud. I, I, I've lost my voice. He puts his hand on my shoulder and sits me down and is like, all right, Croy, this is Rick, the president of Chaosium and our licensor. <laughs> I'm gonna demo the game now, and I'm like, all right, all right, cool, oh, let's uh, do it. <laughs> okay, all
1: right, right? Yep. All right, cool.
3: Ouch. Nice. That was super good. That de- and then and then <laughs> laugh laugh didn't leave, and he's just like watching me from the side of his eye because I ended up talking for like two hours because um, Cassium, the folks at Cassium, don't play a lot of card games, and so what was mm. really lovely about that demo is that I was trying to explain this is how Seven C works. And then because they're clever, their questions transcended how does 7C work? And it's like, how do card games mm. work? And that was that was really fun to try to explain, like, this is how <laughs> card games work. This is how our game works within that idea.
1: Yeah. Nice. That's, that's a neat experience.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really cool. And then I slept for, like, 10
2: hours. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't,
1: I don't blame you. <laughs> Not in the slightest. Seriously. Uh. Uh, I I got so at, at Chaosium Con. I think I got a bit more of a special experience with this card game. True, because this was after the what after the writers' room Seven uh, C show. Yeah, mm-hmm. we all were hanging out at the hotel bar, just hanging and chilling out. And you guys set it up on the table on that
3: yeah yeah, that yeah.
1: high top table. Uh, and I sat down with not you guys, but I sat down with uh, your friend Carl, My good
3: friend Carl Matherly. Shout out!
1: <laughs> yes, he is a joy. Oh, I will. Is. I will just. He is a joy. Uh, yeah, he'll be
4: at he'll be at GenCon uh, demoing too.
1: Oh, nice! I, I guess he was, he's just one of your buddies that lived in the area. Was yep. he just in the area and he just came to hang out? It was cool. Um, Did you like the game? which game
3: the one that you played with carl
1: yes i did i got probably three times the length of the demo (laughs) (laughs) i basically played the entire game
3: (laughs) yeah he was trying to he kept coming back to me for rules and i was just like trying to drink water off to the side
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh that's great (laughs) uh but uh, a question I had is why did you guys pick five sales specifically?
3: Mm. Oh, that's a really lovely question. Uh
1: I, I kinda I kinda know. But I mean because yeah. I I can assume it's because you, you have the chance to bring in a bunch of different nations and stuff like that. It's a kind yeah, of a nice hub exactly. for yeah, that yeah. kind of thing. So
3: yes, I agree. am I am like the I'm a developer designer, I make I make the cards, but I am not impervious of to lore. Uh, and what our lore masters have said it is because five sails exists at an intersection point of many of the primary nations and there is a pact or some sort of treaty there's a truce of some form that five sails is not allowed to be owned by any of the nations so five sails is a location that we can use to have a melting pot where we can have all sorts of different places so the uh Starting factions that you'll be able to play as are Aizen, Asura, Montaigne, Castile, and Wadachi. But there are characters within the city deck and even some of those uh, loyal cards that are from nations other than those mm-hmm. to try to represent that there's a lot of different people here from all sorts of different places.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is really neat. Uh, I We kicked off our last, or this most recent campaign in five sales. Mm-hmm. Because it's just a wonderful location, it's a nice, uh, open, you know, open field for you to to tell any kind of story you want to.
3: For sure, and uh, one of the things that we've wanted to try to make sure, like me especially, is uh, there's this really lovely negotiation between trying to get characters to be thematically correct based on their nation, but also not hold.
2: Mm.
3: Um, So one of the things that we've wanted to try to make sure is that like dueling and sorcery specifically have the correct feel for where they're from. Right. Uh, And that sort of thing is uh, represented pretty well in five sales. Nice.
0: Was it hard to incorporate that many different things into into this first launch? Yes. (laughs)
3: Yes, <laughs> so much so that several expansions have been planned because we've been slowly taking things out to uh, reduce the complexity of the base game.
2: Ah,
1: makes sense.
4: Yeah, that was something. That was something that Matt Ryan. Um, going back to that, Pax unplugged. The other fun part with working with Chaosium is at one point when Matt was asking all these questions uh, to Croy. Um, Rick came up to me. and was like, you know, we're like messing with your buddy over there, right? <laughs> like, they were just, they were just like asking, like they're like, you know, we're like half being serious with them. Um, but you know, oh, uh, forget why I brought this up because he said about complexity. So one of the things Matt said was like we had certain cards that were just like, you know, this feels like an expansion card, like you're adding this extra element to the game, um, much like when we talked we mentioned earlier about rivals, like when they add a a new clan they added discipline and we're not necessarily doing that but like the base example would be we have offhand weapons so the concept of the offhand weapon is something we're saving for the expansion
0: that's cool yeah that's a lot of sense too because a lot of the dueling styles have variations on what combination of weapons you get yeah so it's easy to incorporate that from a fluff standard or fluff mindset Mm -hmm.
3: yeah Yeah. not not committing to when offhand comes out but the base rule is that a character can have one armor, one weapon, and one attire. So then the offhand will give you an extra. Which is important uh, because they have techniques which is involved in the dueling.
0: I have no idea what attire means, but the fact that it matters for the <laughs> duel is just mm, so montane. Oh that. my
3: That's god. Great. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> let me so let give you a card. Hey, hey. It's so hey. montane.
0: Yeah, they've got, they've got a hat.
3: They've got a hat.
1: Um,
4: <laughs> yeah,
2: it makes a difference.
4: No, that came up the, the one attire thing we actually knew to do because in Doom in Doomtown, when it came out, when AG had it, they had it, you can have one weapon, one horse. Um, but then they add these attires that add influence and one of them is fancy new hat and there's no limit to it. And I was like, why can you have a guy that's wearing three different hats <laughs> oh, like, at the same time? So when we updated the rules, we ended up making it one attire yeah. as well. And then that just kind of transformed with, it, with 7C. Too.
3: One of the things I've really liked is uh, actually making if you like Doomtown, you're probably going to like 7C. And if you like 7C, you'll probably like Doomtown because they are very much sister games in their general approach. But one of the things I really love about Pine Box games is specifically the evocation of certain feelings as you're playing the game. Mm.
1: Nice. yeah uh, and so that's,
3: I, I dropped that's really a, I dropped an art in the channel for you if you wanted yeah. to see our hat
1: nice. yeah and that's that's a really important aspect when it comes to not just a, it, because this just isn't just a card game. we kind of established that already. This isn't a traditional card card trading card game like magic no. or other stuff like that. This has that story element baked in and it feels like more than just a card game, which I love
3: yeah there was a it, like it happens in playtest there was there was a point where uh so one of our card types is called risk uh most people would know these as events but that is actually used within the city deck so what most people would think of is just like use it one time use it and lose it uh event card are called risks in our game hmm. and uh one of our leaders yevgeny the boar uh had risk as a type misprinted as a risk uh, when he is a character and I was looking at him like ah laugh we got to redo this uh Evgeny's, Evgeny's a character and he looks at me and is like my guy Evgeny's a risk <laughs> <laughs>
2: nice
3: So so being able to have that like create that that uh, that relationship with with character so good for example when when Henri hits the board I get upset because I hate him <laughs> <laughs>
1: I can agree with that.
4: (laughs) Yeah, and you brought up about... uh, I mean, this is probably going to go into one of your questions anyway, but when you brought up about it being different from the other games, it's for those who aren't familiar with the concept, this isn't a game where you're going to buy booster packs. You're just going to buy the box and have the cards. So if you want to make a bunch more decks and you can buy more boxes to make more Mm -hmm. cards, make more decks you can but you will not be tracking down, you know, it's not like Pokemon or magic where you've got to track down rare.
0: No
3: randomized boosters.
4: That
0: was my next question since you said you have
3: expansions.
0: (laughs) Yeah.
4: Yeah. The only thing we're looking at maybe doing a randomization with, this was a concept that came up. um, We're not committing it to it, but I'm throwing it out there. So people, you know, if they see it, um is some kind of doing some kind of foil packs um that are randomized or some kind of thing with prize support with foils or alt arts or things like that uh so the collector folks can still have some element um for the game uh while you know the casual players who aren't interested in that you know they're not forced into into going that
0: route so this might be peeking a little bit behind the uh the development um you know, curtain, but are you planning on having different game modes? Kind of like how Dominion does that as a, you know, Dominion being a deck building game, but depending on what mode you use, you use different cards or don't use certain cards. Is there, is there any plan for that?
4: So we've got the multiplayer that we were putting
0: in and we were
4: looking at a solo involving the C Hmm. deck. I think we might wait a little bit, but, um, That's something we did with Doomtown in the re-release. We did a 2v1 boss fight mode. We did some alternate uh, town square markers. We added the solo. But that's an established game we got to mess with. So I think more with this, we wanted to see what what does the base of it look like? Let's start from there. And then as we go forward, we can look. You know, We say about not doing doing ships, but it doesn't mean we can't do it down the line. And we can do something where, you know, your ship does something or comes into that. So we do have ideas and plans and things like that, um, but while trying to keep the
0: initial release. Simple. So if yeah. you want to see that, guys, make sure you're there opening day and buying and selling
3: to your friends. Yeah, I, you, I, I <laughs> know I am, I'll be. Oh, that's good. I know that I am like I am actually interested in making. Solo mode for this game because the city deck is just asking for it. Mm, yeah, right. but but that has not that that has not been started. But I, it never leaves my brain.
1: <laughs> I think uh, Mark would be a
3: fan of that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Cough, um, yeah. cough. I I have no friends, so yeah. I'm.
1: Very me either no. me either Mark. Yeah, me either.
3: So this is a solo podcast in which you have multiple voices. yeah we're, yeah multiple
2: solos yes.
1: We're all uh, the yeah. same being.
4: <laughs> we have some, we have some time that I think even even if it doesn't make it in the main rule book, like even for Doomtown the multiplayer changes we just put it online because what we ideally want to do is have a living uh, website that we can update to say, go here for all your resources so even if we don't get to this like let's say the solo isn't isn't planned for the rule book but we've got these ideas and it's enough that we can put the development in before going to print we may just end up including that uh when we launch this or you know we can do some stretch goal stuff or things like that yeah i think
0: more and more companies are going towards that sort of angle because it's easier to update um Mm -hmm. So I I got some when I talk to friends in the industry,
4: apparently it's a huge deal when you can change the player count on the box to say one to four instead of two to four.
3: Mm. Mm. Yeah, solos become very popular. Yep.
1: It really
4: is. And it's not even like I wonder if people are playing these solo games. It's just the fact that they like that they can. Yeah.
0: Well, and then that's one thing, too. You know, if, if, if somebody likes to play with their friends, but people are busy or whatever else not, if they can't play it by themselves, get some sort of an idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when they go to their friends, they can present it without trying to figure it out there at the table. That makes them feel like they have some confidence. It's a time,
2: yeah. it's
4: a time killer, that's too. It. Like, yeah. you know, I know when my wife and I were setting up to play Isle of Cats people were trying to do something else and she's like well I'm just going to sit here and play this solo yeah, I, all whenever, like... <laughs>
3: whenever solo comes up I just want to, I always like to tell the story I, there's um, this contest of like uh, mini RPGs that people make and there was yeah. this one RPG uh, where it was two people writing letters back and forth to each other as if they're like star-crossed lovers and they can't actually see each other so one player sits in one room and you have a closed door between you uh, mm-hmm. And then you pass letters literally under the door, back and forth to for each other via the <laughs> rules. And the solo variant was write letters to your lover and wonder why they never write back.
0: <laughs> oh. oh God, that's too sad. Too um, sad.
2: That's, that's just real life. Sometimes I, you know,
4: <laughs>
3: I'm pretty sure I forget the name of the game, but I'm pretty sure it won or, or it, or it placed literally because the solo mode existed on the sheet. In one. Yeah.
1: Oh man.
3: That's pretty funny. If I can tell one more story, just because I think it's fun. Oh, please, um, tell all the stories. So I'm down. So I live in Texas, and I had to make a uh, a trip. So actually, let me let me back up. When you had the demo of the game, and you we went through the RPT, the Repose Perry Thrust, and the whole combat system. I'm assuming that made sense to you, and then that and that you liked it by the end of that. Is that correct?
1: I, I at least got the general idea of it because yeah. explaining it versus actually playing it out makes yeah. you understand it fully. <laughs> For sure. Yes. So I understood it like 80% right? Yes. when you and, explained it. And then when I played it, I fully understood.
3: So that came about because uh, I had to do a round trip from San Antonio to Houston. And that's like seven hours of my day. Like, it is yeah. my day to do that. So me and my my roommate, this is super early after me joining design. It's just like, we got to do swashbuckling. We must buckle swashes. We have to do a back and forth. And we just argue this whole time about what it should look like. My original idea, actually, was just to have like an ever-growing pool of threat that is itself just a hot potato. And whoever drops the ball just gets smacked with it all. But that didn't work out. Uh, and by the way, when I finally get home at, at the end of all this driving, I just sit down at my table and I grab a bunch of little chits and I just like madman, one hand in my hair and the other one moving chits back and forth on a table. And I'm like, there's something here.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: yeah, that's, that's great. Awesome. Yeah. Gotta love those aha moments like that.
1: Yeah. Makes it all work. Absolutely. Wild. Oh I will I will shout out you guys for at Chaosium Con. You had the Playmat, the seventh C Playmat for sale.
2: Those are nice.
4: Oh yeah. Yeah, we'll have that at Gen Con too.
1: Thousand percent love those. Those are wonderful. And just send me a link to any one of those you're selling. Uh, just, just send the link over. I'll, I'll buy links.
3: <laughs> the, the art is really lovely. It's wonderful.
1: Who do you get to do that art? It's, they're they're a wonderful human being. <laughs> Jason
4: Benke, um, which we had a relationship before because I host the uh, L5R Scorpion Clan dinner okay. uh, at Gen Con. And we do um, mats and art pieces, and he had done one. And then when we were thinking of artists for this game, because um, we pulled in a few of our Doomtown guys, we've also got um, we got lucky in some random emails from people just looking for work. Um, Kuo Yang did the Crystal Eye. Kuo
3: Yang is excellent. Awesome. No.
4: Yeah, so Jason Banky did Odette, did a few other ones. I, I, I like all the stuff that he
0: he sent in. Nice. So, so you got- guys are in process. It's not yet out for official purchasing quite, but it's coming.
4: Yeah, we're looking at a we're looking at a Kickstarter in September, Q3. Okay. Uh, what, what I I'd ideally would like to do is we host a social at Kilroy's at Gen Con on Wednesday afternoon every year mm-hmm. and I would like to make the Kickstarter notification page go live then. Mm-hmm. That way throughout the con we can say, "Hey, you know, here's the newsletter and everything, but if you just go here and click this button, you'll get the notification on the." Nice. List. Oh, that's good.
3: Thanks. And we are
4: so we're and we using, are uh, going to say we're using we're using pre-made starter decks for the Gen Con event. So anybody go in there, it's like, hey, you, you'll have these cards ahead of time. You can check out the game, play, get the first look at these okay. exclusives. Um, but we won't have the actual product there, which was logistically impossible, yeah. even <laughs> if we had it like all done and ready with everything going on there was no guarantee we would get it in time so this was kind of our yeah it's
3: it's hard to describe how tantalizingly close this game is is close to being done uh most it's mostly not done just because we've had the extra time because of the logistics of the world and it is very frustrating so that's why it's going to be the demo demo decks or not quite demo decks but like starter intro decks at the uh, at the tournament um, and to mention, we do plan on having a public tabletop server, uh, uh well, t- tabletop simulator mod that will have those decks in it. So, and a link to the rules and stuff like that. So that people check it out for the, uh, that's cool. Gen Con yeah.
4: that That's slated for the end of June. Um, cause we've got everything set to have those guard, those cards done next month. And then those lists are probably the ones that are going to be the recommended deck lists for the
0: rulebook book yeah. the website. Yeah. Well, that was my next yeah, question, well, you know, was leading into that, you know, for when you're ready. How does how does the current shipping apocalypse and state of economics in the world affect this game coming out and its production?
3: With great frustration. Yep. <laughs> it's
0: pretty much everybody's house.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh...
4: Yeah, I mean, we have, it, we have it with Doomtown right now. It was supposed to be, we wanted it done in May. The manufacturer's plant was on COVID lockdown, so they got delayed on who they had. So now we're looking at July, and then by the time it gets here and we get it, you know, we're actually opening a warehouse with Spiral Galaxy, um, working, we're using their warehouse, I mean, to finally get our UK problem solved. Um So we're going to have to get everything over there. So then when this is done, we're going to end up, you know, doing two shipments, one to UK and one to our warehouse we use in Knoxville. Um, So there's a lot of logistical stuff going on. Um, We're still hopeful that, you know, we launch in September. We'll have it, I hope, you know, next year, you know, maybe even doing a Chaosium Con like first tournament Mm -hmm. kind of thing or. You know, GenCon being the the actual first one because we're doing the Star decks and everything. For you know, we might do PAX unplugged yeah. again as well. Um, but yeah, I think realistically next year it, it'll be a bit. And
3: just to mention, because the uh, because the GenCon tournament uh, does have, I believe I believe it does have some story element attached to it. Um, but like, the, the, there's going to be a tournament at GenCon because people will not have had long to play the game or understand it at that point. Um, many of us are going to be going around answering questions and stuff like that, making sure yeah. that people know what's going on. For sure.
0: For sure.
4: And one, one thing I wanted to touch on for people, cause we're talking about these conventions. Most people can't make it to them to let people know what they can do to infect the game is we're going to do similar to Doomtown, We're going to start a organized play series. Anybody who goes to local events um, are going to be able to cast votes to help influence the story. And that's what we're doing, how we're using the city deck, is the city deck is all numbered 1 to 30, okay. so we may say for this series, number 30 is going to change, mm. and you guys get to vote and be able to affect that, mm, so then when yeah. we do the next series, and as part of the organized play kit, we give you a number 30 card that can be used to replace your existing uh-huh. one, so we can have on the website this is our current storyline official city deck but you can play you know what you wish um combining the different cards so let's say down the road we've got like three different threes or four different sixes you can you can either go off of our recommended you know current list or whatever you want to play with yeah it's
3: it's important to me and especially like the lore masters and the story guys but even even to me it's important that those who can affect the story is not limited to just people going to tournaments because mm-hmm. that was very much old L5R and yeah. we just, we don't live in the nineties anymore. We right. happen to have the internet um, and, and stuff like that. Like even new L5R, which yeah. a lot of people didn't like I did going to events was able to affect the story in some ways. And that even that was cool. Yeah.
4: We're also going to do it. We do it with a little bit with Patreon with Doomtown where if we have an element of the story that's kind of open we let the patrons vote and use those votes
3: too. Okay.
0: that's that neat. was that was something i was going to ask about too because that's definitely a john wick thing when he was running the old l5r was having those events and you know we don't know what the other options were because whoever we won that's the outcome the hmm. other outcomes were destroyed we're or burned. Lost, you know burned yeah so he,
1: he he told what one of those stories yeah, and while we were there, it was it was wonderful because I hadn't heard I hadn't heard that before because I'm not in the L5R community really. Yeah. I, I haven't played.
3: We shall welcome you. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.
1: And Rob, Rob, come over to play Seventh C whenever you want to because we yeah. we have three very experienced GMs for Seventh C Second Edition sitting right over here. So it's
3: oh, true, fantastic. I will I will hit you up on that. Uh, yeah, man. Yeah.
0: So that's kind of cool. You you are trying to still keep it very, uh, you know, uh, engaged with the community, whether that community is in person or not, uh, which I think is awesome. We've seen that really have an impact on D&D with their whole D&D Next process, trying to engage community. Yeah. We've seen that have an uh, impact with like um, different miniatures games like uh, Malifaux and Through yeah. the Breach, will they'll do, they'll do events that have an effect upon the fiction and as you send in their games and your wins and whatever else not it affects who actually wins that by a faction. So I think that community engagement is huge. Um, well, it's just I'm excited for that. That's great. Yeah, 100%.
3: Yeah, well it just it just makes sense because I uh, I've moved a lot and it is kind of a running joke uh, between me and my wife that like wherever I wherever I go, I will make play groups to make to play the games of the, that I want to play because <laughs> yeah. Because I can't play the game unless I have people. So getting people engaged and playing and uh, associating with the game is just, it is trivially and obviously true to have people engage in the game to play the game. This is done. Yeah,
0: Yeah, but I mean, we are a community of nerds and engaging with people is not always the easiest of things. So (laughs) that's (laughs) built in uh, is great. You know, it's part of it. You don't have to, you know, go to your neighbor and be like, hey, come play this game with me. You know, you can. got a community that's that's helping with that and then you can have support to try and create those communities yeah
4: Yeah, there's something we want to do too called and we haven't launched yet called an undertaker program similar to the old similar to the old agey bounty hunter program where we send some stuff out to people and say hey you know can you go support us at your local store because we're a very small company and don't have the bandwidth to call these retailers that we can you know kind of rely on the fans to say hey if you can help us out here help build the community you know that helps you and having a group to play
1: right with. hell i've been running a podcast for like six years and i'm still <laughs> struggling with that so yeah
0: yeah 100%. Well, I mean, that's that's been a thing for a lot of my oh. so, i mean Dude, i feel
3: you yeah.
0: White Wolf has uh, did that for a while, where you could be a representative of their games when they first started out. I think it's just it's a great way to go because people are excited about it and they want to be excited about. It, so why don't you help them be excited about it? You
3: know? Yeah, I did that with AEG for O Five R. It was a good time. Yeah.
1: Well, I if you if you need people uh, to support this game, I think you've got three that'll be willing to <laughs> to uh, show Definitely, their yeah. their local friends and other strangers this game. Uh, in in our area
4: here. I we appreciate it cuz I know like and not only just for the game but when we talk to Chaosium when you look at the percentage for like what pe- I mean you guys saw mm-hmm. it at the con how many people are there for 7C versus Cthulhu and oh, it's quest tiny. you know we want to yeah we want to help spread the word about this game like hey not just our yeah, game but there's this whole mm-hmm. role playing game that like you guys should be playing
3: yeah. and this just happens to time Hundred percent, yeah. It's, it's because time for seventh C, yeah.
1: for for yeah. the For the the scheduled games, there were only two tables scheduled, and yeah. guess what? That was mine and Mark's.
2: Right. <laughs> <laughs> we both ran, ran yeah, the think. only
1: seventh C scheduled games there. I know there was an additional yeah, open table that did play some seventh C there, so that was great to see. Yeah, but uh, and they were full.
2: Yeah. They they filled.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
4: I think uh, next year, that's something that we can easily help push. Like, this was our first year doing it, so now it's like, hey, guys. Now we have uh, a baseline, yeah. Yeah, like, let's, let's try to get a little more involvement in that, and then, you know, we can have the event, too. And something I do want to address for the role players is, like, when we talk about having these tournaments and all that, we always try to tell people that this isn't a competitive card game, and you can get that if you see any of the Doomtown events or some of these other games that, like, It's really, we put a focus on camaraderie over competition. So we try to do a lot of focus on just show up and play and not, don't be intimidated because it's a card game. You know, we have, we will do these things where we go around and ask people like this round of the game, we're going to do this story vote. How would you like to see? And we've even done it where if we pick a table, we'll pick the last table of the two people doing the worst Hmm. in the tournament. Yeah. So that they still have a chance to affect the story, so I always tell people like don't if you're if you're into just the role playing game like don't be intimidated because because we're, we're talking about it being a card game, yeah like it really is a, a fun well, game. and I think yeah. that
2: that's an important aspect of what you're doing too is that it's not just a card game there's a very narrative aspect to it that's going to appeal yeah. to role players uh,
3: yeah i uh I spent fifteen years playing magic i mm-hmm played a lot of pokemon i played a lot of Oh, mm-hmm. and then i got burned i burned on it for various reasons and then i was just you know itching to find a new card game because i'm a card game player at heart mm-hmm. and then that's when i discovered l5r and then at that point this is what i try to explain to people and i don't think it's possible until they see it in some way yeah but the, the camaraderie the the community aspect of l5r is unlike anything else i've had ever seen and mm-hmm. And the people who really love L five R, and now the the next generation of people who are trying to make games kind of in that vein, are the people who do things like Doomtown and Seven C, uh, yeah. and to to some extent the uh, the new L five R as well, where it's it's more than just a card game. It is about like knowing people and doing things with them. Uh, because, yeah. and and then side note, which is tendential to this. Uh, Lab kind of mentioned it's not going to be a super competitive card game, and that's because this is what I was trying to explain to some of the other designers just to to make sure we're all on the same page. Because the city deck exists, like, it just, because it's there, it can never be a super hardcore cutthroat competitive card game because it is a random element of the game that makes it more like a board game. Mm. Before it's something you can't control, therefore the hyper-competitive professional card game players (laughs) <laughs> it, it it doesn't appeal to them because they can't determine it. This, yeah, this they is can't, the type of card game that appeals to they can't build their
1: well. deck that that's so overpowered that it pisses people off.
3: Ideally, no, I played I played I Magic. know, man.
0: Any game can make somebody tilted, so. Sure. <laughs> yeah,
4: we tried to do that in Doomtown. We identified some issues that were like, you know, this isn't very healthy. Yeah. So when we did the, we did when we just did the Weird West edition, we were like, hey, let's get rid of these cards or move them in a way that, you know, we don't you know, it's still it still could be for competitive for the people that want it to be competitive without having all that feel
1: yeah. bad stuff. Yeah. And that's important, you know, because for for the, the kind of community that we're a part of.
0: <laughs> well, that's good for any game, you know, because people want to be able to enjoy the game and they want to feel like they're included. But you also have this this group of really competitive folks that do help Mm. push your game forward.
2: Right. So how do you
0: how do you keep both happy without pissing off either?
2: (laughs) Yeah. Right.
3: I'm actually really glad that you say that because I I play a lot of things very competitively. And it has become the older I get, just more obviously true that being hyper competitive does not mean being a dick. It, those are different mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah you oh, can yeah. you can be ultra competitive and still be a good sport i do it all the time and Me nice too. nice
1: well gentlemen any closing thoughts uh at the end i'll give you guys any chance to plugy plug but uh
2: um and maybe any, any one more time on one more time go over your timeline of who's doing when we when can we start supporting this and diving in and getting in Oh, sure.
4: So quickly to get in that, there is a Facebook group. Just look for official 7C City of Five sales. Uh, Also go to PineBoxEntertainment.com. There's a newsletter link on the bottom. We are updating the site by the end of June to have all the 7C stuff on there. Um, From there, we'll have the TTS mod that you can check out the game um, ahead of time to play it online. Uh, We'll have a way in Discord to set up those games. Um, Then we're going to do previews through July. Uh, For those at Gen Con, you'll be able to get demos there for in-person and do the tournament on Saturday. And then going into August, we will finish up more of the... getting more of the fictions out there. Um, And then ideally September being the Kickstarter launch. So then as we get into 2023, the game coming out, um, that's when we'll actually be able to do some of the stuff that we're talking about with the organized play and the stories and everything. Cool. Uh, Croy, anything I missed on that timeline? No, I think
3: that's right. Main thing is uh, since we're we're, we're starting the promotion, so definitely sign up for the newsletter uh, at the bottom of pineboxentertainment.com and also the official Facebook for it. Uh both of which I have given you the links to if you do show notes.
1: I do okay. show notes. So Fantastic. I will throw those in the show notes. Wonderful. I'll also throw them in like the the Facebook post too and I'll I'll tag you guys and actually.
4: Notes. Yeah I'm also gonna throw in there our link tree that has oh, all every, that.
3: Yeah. And me. then uh, I don't know if Lap cares but uh, all of the all of the cards are subject to change This is not a representation of what will come. Feel free to use that art on Cavalier hat. Cool. Oh, good.
0: Wonderful. I mean, it's cool. art.
1: Yeah, it is very cool art. Sweet. Um, Co-hosts, anything else before we wrap things up here?
2: I think we've covered a pretty good chunk of ground here. Do you have any last exciting questions?
1: Can I have a copy, like, tomorrow? Or... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I,
3: I wish. I, I proxy so much. <laughs> right? I mean, Tabletop
0: Simulator does help with a lot of that stuff, which is nice. You know, you can... Yeah, yeah, yeah just I'm one. looking forward to that. Oh,
3: yeah. yeah actually, in that, that vein, shout out to Component Studio, which I believe is run by the Game Crafter. I use I use their mm-hmm. thing. But, yeah, Component Studio, I, I use that mm-hmm. to get all the stuff mm-hmm. in the tabletop. It's A+. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah, I think we
2: need to shut up now and let these guys get back to work. Yeah, guys, you gotta, you gotta get get
1: going. We gotta make some phone calls, and
2: uh... I shall go back to the editing
3: dungeon and make more parts. <laughs> <laughs> but all is for the expansion, Mark. <laughs>
2: nice
1: oh man you got to start working on some of those stretch goals before they they really creep up on you man
3: weird
4: (laughs) i was saying about the dungeon comment uh was not far off because we have uh just a couple weeks left of our final testing um, before we're locking everything in for graphics on at least the demo deck cards uh for gen con uh, and for the TTS mod, so you might find some language changes between that and the final print. Um, but all in all, we want to get this finally uh, solidified. Yeah, and, and locked it in. is.
3: It is becoming imminent.
1: We like imminent.
3: Imm- imminency. There we go. That's that's it. Imminency. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All uh, right,
1: gents. With that being said, I yeah, but yeah, thanks for having us. <laughs> yeah, this is good. Thanks, from for Robot Lab. thanks for having us. Thanks coming in. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, thanks for joining us today. It's it, it was it was fun uh, getting the chance to talk to you after the convention here, since we only got to see you kind of there in your presentation mode. So sure. it's cool to just hang out and have some good chats. So, thank you, gentlemen, for joining us. And uh, and like always, I am yeah, looking thanks. forward to the next one.
4: Awesome! Yeah, well, uh, for we you to have us back, maybe during the Kickstarter, we can do like some
1: Let's
3: kind of catch and up. New.
1: Ooh! Ooh new yeah, let things. us
3: yeah. know, and we'll get it set up, my friends. Yeah, that'd
2: be cool. Mm-hmm.
3: Definitely. Are you going to be at Doomcon? No, none of us will. No, no unfortunately. Probably next year.
2: Yes, it Yes. Next
1: year I'm gonna plan for Chaos and Con and, and Gen Con for next year.
3: Very sweet.
1: Um, awesome.
4: Yeah, our one, our only other one besides Gen Con this year it'll be PAX Unplugged and maybe Game Con. Um, but I think that's it for 2022. All right, guys. Well, all
1: right, folks. It was a good talk, and uh we'll see you next time. Take care. All right, thanks guys. And that's it for this episode of Tabletop Radio Hour. Like always, you can find this episode on soundcloud.com slash tabletopradiohour and on iTunes. You can find us on Twitter at TabletopCast if you have any questions or comments. You can join us over on facebook.com slash tabletopradiohour for regular updates. We also have an email address. That is tabletopradiohour at gmail.com. Our website tabletopradiohour.wordpress.com. You can find information about our Patreon page on our website. I want to thank you all for listening and keep rolling 20s.